I was, um, had something completely different prepared. All my notes were ready. And, uh, but God changed me. So here we are. Here we are again. So I, uh, I submit and yield. Uh, I want to talk to you about submitting to God and exerting your authority in Christ. It's, I've become uh, in, uh, very aware that uh, we're li- living in a different day. Um, uh, challenges are stronger. Temptations are stronger. Uh, just the uh, atmosphere, just the atmosphere feels pressurized, doesn't it? It's just a really odd thing. And, and as I talk to people, everybody's basically singing the same tune. Man, this is really strange. And so I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about how the enemy attacks, just so you'll be aware. Somebody said to be forewarned is to be forearmed. And uh, one of the uh, main principles of warfare for those that are in the armed forces, they know that uh, if you don't know your enemy, you can't win a battle. If you don't know yourself, you can't win a battle. If you know yourself and don't know the enemy, you can't win the battle. But if you know, and if you don't know yourself, but know your enemy, you can't win the battle. But if you know yourself and the enemy, you can whoop them. And so I want to help you understand how the enemy attacks. And uh, it's not difficult, it's not really even difficult to understand. But, you know, we're in the mid, when, when you're in the middle of the weeds of what's going on, sometimes you just kind of forget, oh my, there's spiritual principles working right now. And, and you forget your resistance. So I just want to, want to shore that up and help you tonight. Is that okay? So uh, the notes are online. Go to Victory Church Raleigh. Look for uh, tonight's notes, and they're there. I, no way I can finish everything that's written in those notes. I, I did put a lot in there just for your future. So I'd encourage you to download these and maybe keep it with you. Download it to whatever you have on your phone or your iPad as a reference tool because I've got a lot of scriptures on there that I won't get to tonight on our authority in Christ. And, and let me say, before I even get into what I'm talking about, the very end of the notes tonight, there's a whole section on our authority in Christ. And um, those scriptures uh, that I actually put in the notes are ones that uh, I came across and were actually written in the, uh, in the margin of a wide margin Bible I have, not unlike this one. This one's worn out too and falling apart. But uh, before the uh, advent of the internet, I wrote all kinds of things in the margins of Bibles and read them profusely and... Um, when I first came to the Lord, I, I found out that um, I was programmed to fear the satanic. Our culture is programmed to fear. And it's obvious now we've, we have so many phobias. There's thousands of phobias, but uh, people are really afraid of the devil. And you don't have to be. And I know for me, because of the experiences I had as a child, things I read, things I watched, movies I watched, you know, there's this underlying... Oh, my Lord, I don't want to be alone in the room with that. And, and I had to learn to get over. And so what I did was I took scripture and I just read them over and over and over again. Another way of saying that is I meditated on them. Meditation is like chewing. My mother always told me, Mitch, chew your food up because I'd eat so fast I'd try to swallow it whole. She said, chew your food real good, son, because you're mixing up, you know, the chemicals in your mouth with it and it goes down and then gets in your stomach and you're going to get the nutrition. Without that, you're not going to get the nutrients out of your food. So slow down and slow down and chew. So slow down and chew the word. Just read, meditate. And so the scriptures at the end, I spent a lot of time. I actually read them out, out loud a lot and, and that seems to help me for some reason. Just think when you're reading out loud, you're hearing and you're speaking, and you can't, you can't think about something else when, you're, when your mouth is involved in saying what you're thinking. Have you noticed that? If you're reading silently, your mind can wander. Yes or no? 
So, so that's why I encourage saying them, speaking them out loud, another form of meditating. Anyway, uh, and you'll uh, be um, grounded in your authority in Christ. And you'll see why in just a minute. Three reasons, I uh, start this. Three reasons. Are y'all hot? Everybody good? For the first time, I was cold tonight. Are y'all hot? Do I need to turn the air down? Are y'all hot? Really? Y'all are hot? I cannot believe you. Say it again. I want to hear it again. Jesus, help us. You know, we got this, all this apparatus on the phone. Oh, you're not. Okay, I'm gonna leave it alone. Three reasons for problems in life. You know, I counseled for years and years and years. Three reasons for problems in life. And when I would sit down to uh, minister to someone, I started uh, counseling people in 1984. And uh, that was my job at a big church. I did all that for the pastor crisis and marriage and pre-marriage and all that. And uh, so I sit down with a person, but underlying the background of that was um, I just had an understanding there were basically three reasons you got problems. And that's so my goal was let me figure out why this person's having an issue. Then I use this in my own life. So number one, um, uh, first reason for problems is our physical issues. Physical issues can give you, give you mental issues, uh, emotional issues, and, 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 and also affect spiritual life. So uh, diet, lack of the proper kind of diet can affect you know, uh, how, your, how your mind and emotions work or, or they don't work in sync as they should perhaps. Rest, lack of rest causes all kinds of problems. I mean, you know, people actually hallucinate with lack of rest. And I have experienced some of these things traveling. I've done about 40 uh, overseas trips uh, to various countries and, uh, and I did it without a lot of sleep, a lot of time. It take 45 hours sometimes to get to a location I was going to. Did without, so I know how that affects you and how it makes you feel. And uh, it's like you open yourself up to stuff when you don't get proper rest. Or then illness can be an issue with physical things. So um, a second reason for problems in living, I call this sin, personal sin. So, or it's personal responsibilities issues, things that I know not to do that I do anyhow. Well, you know, that opens up uh, a whole can of stuff that you got to deal with in life. And... uh, uh, you know, how many know personal responsibility things are not innocuous? You can't just be irresponsible and not cost you. It always costs you to be irresponsible. Yes or no? So being responsible means, you know, um, uh, doing what I need to with how I deal with my thoughts, with my emotions, with uh, my actions, my reactions, my words, my choices. Uh, in my relationship with others. That's really, really important. A lot of people don't do well in relating to other people because they don't relate to themselves well first. And, and you know, my, if you're having challenges, first thing you ever want to do is get the Word of God. Whatever area you're dealing with, there's a challenge. Find Scripture that deals with it. And then if you'll just read that por- those portions of Scripture. Um, while I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about Romans 12 and Ephesians 4 and Colossians 3 and 1 Peter 3, and there are other related passages that really talk about you, your relationships with others, and uh, that can really have an indelible print if you're having personal, uh, I call it personal sin issues, personal responsibility issues with others. Uh, We always have to forgive and love other people, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't do that right, it can cause big problems, yes or no? And then the third reason said the first two, so, so physical Physical issues, uh, sin issues, or thirdly, demonic influence. Demonic influence is very, very real. Uh, it's not recognized in the, in the Western world. Um, Eastern world, oh my goodness, Asia, Africa, India, boy, they, they really understand the spiritual realm and, 
you know, we're just kind of dumbed down in the Western cultures about spiritual things and don't want to admit they are a reality. But having said that, we probably have more people now uh, in America that are, um, that are influenced by demonic forces that don't even know it. Um, I, I think now uh, in the history of our country, we have less light from the word than we ever have. Would you agree or disagree with that? In our populace, in our culture, the Bible's been taken out of civic discourse, out of the schools, colleges, yada, yada. It's disdained, looked down upon, not seen as the, the word of God. And see, the Bible, it, it represents light. We take the light away. I mean, you know, the, the darkness in Susan, that's, that's what we're facing right now. And I'm seeing more demonic manifestations in people's lives than I ever have um, uh, I have to deal with it, and I'll talk about all that maybe more in a little bit. I, I'm not sure I'll have time to get to all that, but anyway, demonic influence is on the rise more than I've, than I've seen it in my entire life, and I think it's just because Jesus is about to come back, and, and because we just happen to live in a culture where we're forsaking the God that made us great, and now we're, we're reaping the consequences of that. So pray for your country, you know, pray for all of this mess that's going on here, it's, it's uh it's huge, it's big. Uh, so there is some intense spiritual resistance right now. How many hear me? So really, really clear. Um, just before Jesus returns, Scripture mentions in a number of places about the increased spiritual resistance that we will, um, that we will experience. I just want to read one. I've got several in the notes I don't have time to get to. Revelation 12 really uh, comes back to me over and over again. This is New Living Translation. It's in the notes. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, it's come at last, salvation, power, the kingdom of our God, the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren and sisters has been thrown down. For the accuser, everybody say the accuser. Now that'll tell you a whole lot right there. For the accuser, accusation thoughts come to every person probably many times a day. God never speaks in accusing tones. That song we just sang, uh, go listen to my podcast. I have a podcast twice a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays. And um, tomorrow's Thursday, I just recorded on, what's today? I forgot what today's Wednesday. I recorded it on Monday. And, and, and it, was on the, it was on the fruit of the spirit, goodness. And, and I was comparing uh, goodness to what God is and because all through scripture he's good and we just sang the song about God is good right I didn't even know we were singing that tonight when you understand God's good and I began to weep on the podcast it's like oh my god am I, I going to show this am I gonna, people going to listen it's like my goodness because it came up on me um, if you understand our God is he's not against you he's for you and anything he ever says to you hear me it will never be with a disdain or an accusing tone. Maybe your parents spoke to you in an accusing way. My dad, he didn't mean, he didn't know what he was doing. He, he would sometimes say things to me, Mitch, you reckon you'll ever do so and so right? To me, it was an accusing thing. And, and the inference was I can't do anything right. And I had to overcome that, and I forgave my dad for that, and he's in heaven now. And, uh, and I don't even think about it much now, but when I talk about this, it comes up. But uh, again, um, God never, his voice is never accusing. In fact, when, when the Lord corrects you, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. And uh, when God corrects, you know, I, I, I tell you, it's, I, I, I heard him, for me, over and over again, Mitch, you need to do this. He doesn't ever say, what you doing? He says, Mitch, you need to do this. See, he, 
he encourages me towards my responsibility. He doesn't get on my case because I fail so miserably. He shows me, always shows the way out. That's goodness. See, God is so good and we don't understand. You think he's mean. No, no, he's loving. He is so good. He's looking for a way to help you. In your worst challenge of life, in the, in the weakest part of your life, God's looking to help you. And he will never, ever accuse and point his finger at you. Say, What's wrong with you? No, he'll show you the way out. Isn't that awesome? So we were singing that he's good, and that was all over me tonight. And then uh, Go listen to the podcast tomorrow. You'll get what I mean. I don't have time to finish. So um, there are huge spiritual attacks today. So again, I was reading for the accuser. Satan is an accuser. And, and when you hear voices like, or hear words like, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? Why did you do so and so? What's going on here? No, no, no. God, God will never speak to you with, with an accusation. But the enemy will. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. Very clear. And then verse 11, we have heard so much. This is New Living Translation. And they defeated him, the enemy, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the, by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much they were afraid to die. I like that. <laughs> you know, it gets rid of a lot of fear when you can face life and say, you know what? <laughs> I'm ready to live. I'm ready to die. What you going to do to me? Right? Selah, think about it. Uh, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, you who live in the, uh, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice, but terror will come on the earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing he has a little time. Now I think that's very appropriate for today, and uh, there uh, there are signs that he's kind of up in the ante, the demonic forces. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, I need to read this. Um, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is not in the notes. I added it. Uh, Put on God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not, uh, that word strategies, um, um, methodios. Um, it, It means with a road, Satan travels a road into your life. And the road he travels into any human life is, 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 is words. There's a road of words he comes with. So if you, go, if you can learn, so if we all can learn, you, you're constantly hearing things, self-talk, right? So while I'm talking, you're hearing stuff. Hopefully you're listening to me, but it might be something else jabbering. Um, we have thoughts that um, originate within our own minds. Uh, we have thoughts that come from without. We hear other people speaking or we remember something someone said. But then there are other thoughts that are really odd. They, they sort of trickle in um, and, and, and they're deceptive thoughts. And they just travel a road and they just come in. And before you know it, you're thinking on this negative train of words. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and if you're not careful, if you don't discipline your mind, it'll stay that way for a long time and you'll come and say, what am I thinking about that for? And then you feel bad because thoughts and feelings go hand in hand. So if you can learn to control your thinking, that's, that's the major part of controlling your emotions and not letting them run wild, right? 
So anyway, I didn't even mean to say all that. Just here we go. We're in the weeds. Um, but this, this word here, um, strategies, you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. He makes an inroad into life. The inroad is words. So if you, get, you can learn what, what words come from you. And we all have self-talk. And then words come from outside by, from other people or demonic forces. And then you have words that filter up from inside. And it's more like an, an intuition, an, an inner, just a knowing. I mean, you, it's, it's deeper than thinking. See, the difference in this inner thought and, and, and that come from the spirit person and thoughts that come originate from your head or outside. I don't care if you feel good or bad. These thoughts that come from inside, they're constant. They're consistent. Does that make sense? And, and you know, they're detached from emotion. They produce emotion sometimes. But they're there whether the emotions are on or off. And they're deeper than thinking. They're just there. It's like an inner gut feeling, sense. It's hard to describe, isn't it? And all of you have had that, right? You can be talking to somebody and I, I, I don't respond, but you've probably had this experience like, that person don't like me. You ever been talking to somebody you just feel like, that person, you got something against me. Now, you may never say it, but you feel it, right? See, that's your spiritual nature saying, hmm, something needs to be dealt with here. And you, don't always, you shouldn't always deal with that because the person may, may not be ready and it may not be the appropriate moment, et cetera, right? But I just use that as an illustration. So anyway, um, gosh, got right in the weeds on that and didn't mean to. All the strategies of the devil, we're not wrestling, not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so we'd be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll stand I'll still be standing firm. So I want to talk to you real quickly about signs of a spiritual attack. So how do you know when the enemy is really messing with you? And, and how do you know when you've got to stand up and say, uh-uh, I'm not, not going there today. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not riding that train of thinking. I'm, I'm not letting it happen. So first thing we need to know about our enemy is he traffics in lies. Um, I cannot believe, and I hesitated because it's so strong, how much lying is around us today. I've never seen the media lie the way it has. I've not seen politicians just outright lie. Have you? Not like this. It's everywhere. And people wear it as some kind of a badge of uh, chivalry. I'm, I'm a liar. Well, you know what? You're full of the devil. When you see Satan's past in heaven, Ezekiel 28 reveals that um, King James Version uses uh, merchandising and the word traffic. And I don't have time to get into the verses there. Ezekiel 28, start with about verse 11 through the rest of the chapter there. It talks about Satan's fall. He was a, uh, he was, his name was a, a Lucifer, son of the morning. And uh, he was uh, a beautiful creature, but iniquity was found in him. And uh, he trafficked in lies against God. And he merchandised, and those are the King James Version words, but if you look up those words, 
Uh, he instigated a rebellion against God and he told lies against God's character, which got him kicked out of heaven, by the way. And a third of the angels of heaven believed him and fell with him. So we have fallen angels and the devil himself. Uh, rare is the person that will ever have uh, the devil himself uh, manifested you because you're not that important to him. No, you got to be somebody that uh, influ- influences other people to the degree that he'd be willing to come up and talk to you and visit your house. And if you did that, you say, oh, you think I'm something, do you, devil? Let me show you who I really am. And you exert your authority against him, right? But mostly we deal with demons, sometimes fallen angels, mostly demonic forces, which is really difficult to explain even what the demonic forces are because they seek entry into man. And they seek to influence thinking and emotions. And um, they seek, the only way they can influence the physical realm is, is through a human. Their first, their widest range of expression is through a human personality. And we don't live close to animals anymore, but animals used to go wild. My dad had to get 14 shots in his belly because his Doberman pincher went uh, mad before I was born in the early 1950s. So animals on the farm used to go mad. A horse would go mad, a cow would go mad, a goat, etc. And animals would go berserk. And we don't know anything because they don't live close to the land anymore. But uh, demon spirits, if they can't find a person to mess with, they'll mess with an animal. That's, uh, maybe somebody, I know I'm, I hear your thoughts like, well, that must be what's wrong with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even mess with that anymore. <laughs> Satan is a liar and he traffics in lies. So listen to this. If you regularly practice lying, you're in league with the satanic. And I'm just going to be real. If you regularly practice lying and that's your way of living, you'll go to hell. Too many scriptures that say you will to say you won't. Well, God will figure out if you lie and you don't repent of lying, you'll go to hell. John 8, 44, for you are the, Jesus talking to religious people. You're of your, you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He always hated truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of life. So the devil's your daddy if you lie. Now, funny thing about that, I can't lie. I mean, even what, before I walked with Jesus, my daddy taught me not to lie. He said, Mitch, a liar's like building a house with rotten wood. It, it won't stand. It won't stand wind. It won't stand problems. It'll fall down. You, you can't make it in life. So I, I wouldn't even lie as a... I wouldn't even lie as a sinner. I'd be honest. I got in trouble at school because I wouldn't lie. My, I got all kinds of stories. I, I'd never lie to my mom and dad. I just won't lie. Yeah, I did that. Uh-huh. I get in trouble, but you know, I can't lie. If you lie, you got problems. And now our America is filled with liars. Business is filled with liars. Did you hear me? Our church is filled with liars. I hope not. Now, that's a deep subject, isn't it? So deception is one of the modus operandi, just the way the enemy works. He works through deception and 
and half-truths. You know, sometimes a lie is not uh, overt, it's covert. It's subterfuge, it's underneath the surface. Well, you're going to really enjoy this. And really is what he's saying, this is going to make you sick as a dog. This is going to kill you, but you think you're having a good time, right? That's what the enemy does. So uh, let me just lay that right there. I'm I'm trying to set up a framework on uh, signs of spiritual attack um, and understand that the enemy traffics, if I can use that term, in deception. It's facts. It's everywhere today. The Antichrist is a deceiver, and, and it's, the signs are there that um, he's sniffing around and, and putting his influence in nations of the earth today. Um, let me also say this. Um, there is a spiritual atmosphere everywhere you go. So my question is, do you ever think that way? So, so everywhere I go, I think there's a spiritual atmosphere. There's a spiritual atmosphere in your home that you create. Um, there's a spiritual atmosphere in every building you walk into. I can walk into any building, any business, and you sense, you know, everybody, when I say this, you know exactly what I mean. You sense things, yes or no? You, you've walked into a room and it's not peaceful at all. Something's, something's wrong here. There's an air here of like snootiness, stuck-upness, pride. Like I don't belong here. You ever been in a room like that? Or you've been in another place that's like, boy, this is really warm and friendly. I like this. They, this is a good sense. You, you've been there, right? Or you've walked into somebody's home, it's like, mm, this is a tense atmosphere. Or you walk into a church, you feel like, oh, man. I hope when you walk in, it's like, these people. Right? Or, or you might walk into one that's like, what are they doing? This ain't real. This is not. You ever been walked into church where it's not real? I walked into church one time. Walked, I mean, you know, traveling and stuff, just walk, sit down. And all I noticed was when I go to look at somebody, I noticed it's like everybody's looking at me, but they, want me to, they don't want me to know. So they turn their head the moment my head turns. And everybody's checking you out. Kind of shoes you wear? Is your, is your shirt pressed? Well, what you look like? You know, see your face, if your hair, if you got hair, is it tall? They're just checking you out. And it's not a friendly feeling. Have you noticed that? So, so atmospheres, I'm trying to belabor the point a bit, I know, but um, an atmosphere is everywhere you go. Now, 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 let's hone that right down. Every human has an atmosphere around them. Yes or no? Now, there's an atmosphere in your marriage. There's an atmosphere in your home between you and your children. Yes or no? Uh, extended family gatherings, there is an atmosphere. We'll figure that out Thanksgiving, right? Um, yeah. so, so what kind of atmosphere do you carry around you? If you do it right, when people come around you, they'll feel cared for, uh, loved. Accepted, non-threatened. They'll feel like talking to you. But if you do it wrong, they don't want to have anything to do with you. Yes or no? Everybody carries an atmosphere. And you know, you let that atmosphere out with your words. Yes or no? You reveal the contents of your interior by things coming from the interior to the exterior. That's your words. It could be some other things, but mostly words, right? Um, 
So I want to I want to give you some. I, I just wrote a bunch down. I just took time. I shut myself in the room. I was praying in the spirit. I started writing. I just wrote. So um, I, I want to go through some things here. Looking at the time, um, and what I so what I want to say is what I'm about to read to you are ways the enemy attacks. And demonic forces can enforce what I'm about to say. At the same time, a lot of what I'm about to say has to do with your flesh. And and with the previous contacts in life your flesh has had with the world, with other people, and with various stimuli, things around you, things you've done, people you've been with, experiences that you've had. So how many know we all have to put the flesh under? In fact, Paul said, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I keep under my body, Amplified, or I think it's Amplified, says, I, I beat my body black and blue and make it my slave. I beat my body black and blue as to produce livid spots and make it my slave. Uh, lest after I've preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. So uh, what was he saying? Strong way of saying, I got flesh. My flesh doesn't want to obey God all the time and I have to keep it under. How many are in the same boat? Me too. So, uh, it, some of the things I'm about to say are also manifestations of the flesh, but there's a difference here. So when this is demonic, it's like um, what I'm about to share and all of the things, and I'll go through them one at a time. It's like you're being pushed a certain direction. You may not even want to go there, but you're going there unless you do something about it. You're being pushed. You get the idea? It's not that you're just floating. No, something's pushing you. Now, the flesh... It'll just mess with you. And it'll say, can I give you an invitation? We've been here before. We can go here today. Would you like to? Let's go. Let's go. But this, what I'm about to say about the demonic intrusion is, it pushes. It forces. You get it? And people today in America are being forced and pushed. You hear me? And so here are some signs that the demonic realm is trying to knock on your door and get you to answer. Uh, doubts. Uh, doubts about yourself. Self-doubt. I mean, ac- accusing thoughts. You can't do that. You're not good enough. Yada, yada. Um, your friends. See, doubts about your friends. They don't care about you. And, and some of these are going to run together. I know it. So give me some grace, okay? So... Uh, your friends, doubts about your friends, and doubts about God. God doesn't love you. God doesn't care. Or your friends, that person, they don't really like you. You know, when those kind of voices come, you got to learn to say no to them. I spent a lot of time reading the New Testament, particularly when I first came to the Lord, the epistles, the letters written to the churches, because they talk to you about your attitudes, your, uh, your demeanor, um, your words, how you treat other people, just the aura around you in your relationships with others. And, and I did it, I just tell you, I did life really bad when I, when I first came to the Lord. It's not that I'm really great now, but I'm better. But I had to work on it. And, and you're going to have to figure out where's the wrong thinking, what's influenced you to think. Usually we're products of our family, our home environment. If you come from a positive home, you is one blessed person, Right? And your parents were godly and your parents instilled in you virtue, value, positiveness, that kind of thing. That's, that's more than money can ever buy. Uh, if you came from a home where you were disdained, ridiculed, uh, challenged, um, left alone, etc., 
Yeah, you got some challenges you got to work through. And you know what? I found even good parents sometimes do it wrong. And, and, and give yourself grace if that's you, right? So y'all ready for this? So doubts, uh, doubts, doubting yourself, doubting your friends, doubting God. It can be the demonic realm. And you got to resist doubt and say, you know what? I'm not buying that. That, that. that train's not coming down the track into my life today. No, no. And you speak out loud. Um, rejection thinking. Nobody cares about me. They don't like me. See, devils will come to you and they'll try to separate you from your friends, from your church, from your job, from your neighbors, from people that really care about you by lying to you about your relationship with him. Yes or no? Has anybody ever had any of this happen yet? Yeah. Uh, condemnation, thinking about, what, uh, thinking about your past, what you did wrong, what you said wrong, uh, ways you acted out that you're not proud of. How many know when you come to Jesus, all that, from that moment back, is, it's not even, it doesn't even, even exist spiritually. But the devil remembers. Familiar spirits Remember, and you may remember. That's why we get to get a, got to get our minds renewed. Anything that reminds me of my past, uh, hey, that's my flesh, or it's a devil trying to get me to go where my mind never needs to go again. Yes or no? And then if you confess your stuff today, and you did something today to God, it's just as though you never did it. So condemnation, or thinking about what you did wrong in the past, or what you should have done that you didn't do, you left undone. You should have done it, and you did it wrong because you didn't say or didn't do. How many know enemy demonic forces can enforce that? Look at you. You're no good, right? Uh, this becomes like an obsession thing. Obsession with failure. Obsession with defeat. Um, or again, with the negatives of the past, uh, can be demonic in origin. Uh, chronic fears, not rooted in reality. I'm just going to be straight up with you. This COVID thing is not rooted in reality. Do people have problems? Yes, but it's been uh, extrapolated way further than it ever should have. And it's affecting the whole world right now. Yes or no? People are afraid. And it's unfounded and unwarranted fear. If you look at the facts, let me just say it's divorced from facts. And the facts aren't even being presented. I know, see how quiet it gets when I say that? Because nobody will say it, but it's still true. So fear, chronic fear, not rooted in reality, not just that, but all kinds of things. You know, people have so many phobias and fears. And you know, here's what I do. When fear comes into my life, um, I heard Lester Summerall say this 40-something years ago. He said, I, he said, how do you deal with fear? He said, I'll do opposite of what it tells me to do. Well, you better never fly again. Let's meet, get, me, get me a ticket right now. I'll never ride on another train again. Well, get me a ticket. Let's go, right, let's go today. I'll not get on a bus again. I'll not drive that to X, Y, Z. Well, let's do it today. Let's go right now. Better not open your door. I'm going to open it wide and leave it open all day long. I mean, just do the opposite. Uh, rebellion to authority, established authority. See, demonic, demonic intrusion can say, you know, be independent. Don't listen to rules, yada, yada, right? Erratic thoughts. Well, let me, I, I'm going too far here. Uh, lying, telling only a part, not the whole truth. I mentioned that earlier. Thoughts of strife, discord, offense. If you ever have thoughts like, The moment that kind of thinking comes to me, the Bible says love believes the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Isn't that good? You know how that got in me? It didn't get, on, it didn't get in there uh, accidentally. 
Uh, I used to think the worst of everybody and I had to defeat that wrong mentality because the enemy would use that against me in my relationships and I couldn't do what I do today. You get it? Uh, thoughts of strife, thoughts of discord, thoughts of offense, erratic thoughts out of nowhere creating self-doubt or doubts about others. And some of that's similar to the earlier one. Compulsive desires, watch this, to binge eat, to lust, to overwork, to overdo whatever, overcompensating in some way, in some vein of living. The demonic can be a part of that. It can be the flesh. But if there's something that you feel like you can't control, take authority over it and stop it now. Make yourself. Ask somebody to pray with you if you can't do it yourself, right? Compulsive desire. Let me say, I said that one already. Uh, constant worry thoughts. How many know worry is uh, one, the number one tool of the enemy to r- rob you of God's peace? And every one of us have opportunities every 15 minutes, every minute to worry. Start to say every hour, then no, every minute probably, right? And you got to give up the opportunity to worry by, by giving everything to God, thing to God in prayer. I conquered worry because I was a, a world-class worrier as a teenager, right? By just, you know, telling God everything. You've heard me mention Philippians 4, 6, J.B. Phillips. Don't worry over anything, whatever. Great. Okay, I know I'm not supposed to. Now, what am I going to do? Tell God every detail of your need. So I spend a lot of time pouring my heart out to God about things. I've got a lot going on in my life. You know, my family, my children, my grandchildren, my friends, my relationships. Uh, here at church, we got so much going on. I got a lot of things I could worry about. You know what? I'm passing up the opportunities. And the way I do that is say, God, you know, this thing's bothering me. Here's, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what's coming. Here's, here's the thoughts. Here's the fears. Now, I'm going to place those in your hands, work all that out. And when I think about this, I'm going to remind you that you're working this out, and I don't have to mess with it. I've cast all my cares, right? If you don't do that, the enemy comes in. Um, uh, lust, uh, thoughts. If you have thoughts about illicit sex, of any kind, whether it's um, uh, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, yada yada, uh, we're a, we're a sexualized culture now. Now we got now we got kids, single digit kids thinking about sex. Well, am I binary? What am I? Am I a boy? Am I a girl? Am I a homosexual? Am I a lesbian? I don't know. Well, they're telling me I need to check it out. Whoever's telling me it needs to shut up. They're used as a tool of the devil. To rob, steal, and kill. Yes or no? Strong. Nobody wants to talk about it. Lust. Lust. Now, let me say uh, differentiation between lust and the normal sexual desire. Normal sexual desire, you will find the opposite sex attractive. And you'll, if you're a man, you should be looking at a woman saying she's pretty. But that's where you need to stop. But if you start undressing someone, that's lust. Yes or no? And if you start thinking, I wonder what they're like in bed, you just lusted. Let's get real. But for a woman to look at a man and say, man, I, he's, he is a, that's a, that's a, that's a handsome man. Well, that's all right. You can look at a girl. man can look at a girl and say, man, whew, she's beautiful. Just don't go past that. That's a normal human sexual desire that is not sinful. Is sexual desire sinful? Huh? No, it's God-given. When does it become sinful? When it crosses lines. Only person you got permission to have sex with is the person you're married to. 
And if you think about any other person in those terms, that's lust. And Jesus said, if you're thinking about doing it, you just did it. He pushed, he pushed adultery and fornication from the, from the action to the thought to act if you had the opportunity. Right? And then, you know, the enemy comes in um, and accuses people when they just have a normal sex drive. And I've seen that happen too. So if it's abnormal, it's lust, you're dressing people, you're dressing people, undressing people and thinking about all that. And if you, listen, if you're obsessed with that, and let me just get real, if you've been a sexualized person, maybe you were, I mean, can I be real? I mean, you know, people are abused when they're kids, abused as teenagers and all kind of crazy things happen in homes and families and uh, even with relatives. And then now, as, now kids, they're exposed to so many things online and my God, now by the, by the time people are teenagers, they, they're exposed to so much, it's nuts, it's awful for our children. It hurts me for our children. Now, now children, are their, their anatomies are changing earlier than they used to because of the thoughts that are coming. Puberty's starting earlier. Uh, women are having their cycles earlier, girls, because, because of the sexualized culture. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous to mess with this stuff. Now, now kids are hearing, well, I might be a, I might be a woman in a man's body. I might be a man in a woman's body. I might might not be who my mom and daddy told me I was. It's a problem, y'all. It's demonic. How many hear me? And if if a a church leader's not willing to say that, I wouldn't even attend the church. Can I be real? Now, am am I, is this hate speech? Now, some people think it is. No, I'm just being real. This is what the Bible says, my friends. Yes or no? And there, are biblic- there is a biblical morality. God gave the Ten Commandments, not Ten Suggestions. And he did it to keep us safe. You're watching the unraveling of American culture because we've laid the Ten Commandments aside and say they don't matter. And now with human sexuality, see, see what's the problem, Pastor? When you touch... The nuclear family, which it, which consists of a man and a woman who love each other and are monogamous with each other in a relationship called marriage. When you touch that, that culture loses its ability to pass to future generations any kind of a moral concept. And family cannot exist without a moral concept. We're not apes swinging from trees, having sex with any ape we find in the forest. We're human beings with dignity, created in the image of God, with an ability to procreate with someone God sends us as a husband or a wife, whom we can love and cherish, identify with, and and have children with. And in a love relationship, show those children care, respect, dignity, purity, holiness, and the character of God. And without that, a culture will disintegrate. We do not have, if we don't change, we don't have 10 years left. You hear me? Demons have invaded our culture. 
Well, pastor, you say my homosexual friends are demonic? I say they're demonically influenced. Are they demon-possessed? I never said that. I said they're demonically influenced. All of us see it. All of us hear it. But the reality is when you act on what you see and hear and, and enter into those kinds of relationships, it's demonic. Go look at, just go read history. And I've said this, some are pagan cultures. I didn't mean to get in the weeds. You got in a lot of weeds on this one. Look at the history of pagan, pagan cultures. It's the history of uh, sexual looseness. And they worship the false gods through sexual acts. Go read history. It's free. If you can find it now and it's not washed from Google. Everybody okay? Gossip. You have to repeat the salacious tale you heard about somebody. That is demonic. That's what got Satan kicked out of heaven. Yes or no? See, these are demonic things that come to people. If you just got to repeat the scandal of the day, the scandal of the hour, let somebody else, don't do it yourself. Let somebody send the flesh to it. I ain't gonna do it. If you hear something about somebody, shut your mouth, pray for them. Have you ever had a bad day? Have you ever had a bad day? How many had half of a bad day today? This just happens with human life. Can you give somebody grace and space to mess up? And keep your mouth shut about it? I feel like I'm being really edgy. I don't mean to be. <laughs> uh, sudden distrust in people that have given you no reason to distrust them. Do you know that can be demonic? And that it can also be the flesh. And I, I used to be these fleshly, a lot of these fleshly things were me for a long time in my life. Accusing thoughts about yourself. If you have constantly a constant barrage of negative thoughts about yourself, probably has something to do with the way you're raised. And the people that you've, you hung out with as a, as a kid, probably, probably, more than likely, things that were said to you, things that were not said to you, um, assumptions that you made based on what you heard or didn't hear or in your mind didn't have enough of. Yeah, sure, that, that's very real. But, but then those accusing thoughts, they can be enforced by the demonic. And you have to resist them because they'll keep you from moving forward in life. Yes or no? Accusing thoughts about others, the same thing goes. Anger, you know, anger, anger is a, a human thing. Um, God's angry every day with uh, wickedness. Uh, Jesus was angry with the religious people of his day, but he didn't sin. So there's, there's non-sinful anger. But see, anger that is reinforced and you can't help it and you're constantly lashing out, constantly harming, violating others with your will, your words, things you're doing. You know, that needs to be dealt with and that can turn into the demonic. Um, uh, Saul um, had a predisposition to kill uh, David um, because he became angry. David's, uh, Saul slain in th his thousands, the women were singing, but David is tens of thousands. He got just mad. So you got to deal with forgiveness, right? Or you can have some anger issues that are really hard. Uh, disunity, seeking to pit one person against another, seeking to create doubt about a person or a group. Do you, do, you, do you know what they're doing over there? Have you heard about that? Shut up. Again, that's what the devil did. You got to kicked out of heaven. Thoughts of compromise with the flesh and known sinful things. Things you've done in your past, that's going to come back to your mind. When they come back, you need to resist them. If you don't resist them, it's the flesh to start with. But if it keeps going on and on and on and on, it can become demonically induced. How many hear me? Um, overwhelming panicky emotions. Now, now the enemy has an uncanny ability. Here's what happens. He'll, he'll, 
uh, seek to put a thought in our mind and, and thoughts ride uh, or, or emotions ride piggyback on thoughts. In a healthy person, unless you've got a, a problem physically and, and you have some, you know, some um, uh, chemical issues in your physical brain, and that can happen through extreme prolonged pressure, duress, and stress. That can happen, and you can deplete the, the um, uh, chemicals in your brain that make you feel good and, and all that. And you've read all those kind of things, perhaps. But uh, if that's equal and everything's fine, then generally speaking, in a healthy person, your emotions are, are, are identify you with a thought pattern. And if you don't like the emotions you're feeling, change your thinking. And then if you forgot to sleep one night, then you just need to go to sleep because you're going to feel bad about everything until you do. Right? So, I mean, you know, overwhelming, panicky emotions. I could go into weeds on all this. Um, uh, just, you know, just traveling the way I have over, uh, uh, over uh, I have about 40 different missions trips, some of them a couple of weeks at a time. Um, am I okay? Did I mess up? trying to use a new microphone so um but i've had overwhelming emotions i I have felt panic attacks uh, and i think it was demonic Uh, i didn't eat anything unusual i I had good sleep but something was going on that was weird in the atmosphere and if you ever feel that you have to speak and i'll tell you what to do with it in a minute some of those things are demonic and don't give in to them resist them yes or no uh nobody uh, self-doubt nobody loves me nobody cares about me Thoughts, except I'm going to run down this because I got we got to stop soon. Um, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Thoughts that can be demonically induced. Yes or no? Can also be the flesh and and things from your past. But see, the enemy takes where you've been, tries to remind you and help you live there today, and you got to say no, right? Uh, rig, uh, spiritual rigidity, a compulsion to be overly strict when grace should be extended to someone. You know that can be demonic. You ever run into a religious person? You better toe the line, boy. You better toe the line, girl, or you get reamed out. That can be demonic. Mm. Jesus had to deal with that a lot in Jerusalem when he was there because there was a lot of religious devils. There's lots of religious devils around today. Did you hear what I just said? i got so many stories and so little time. Uh, devils, um, they really do uh, erupt in the atmosphere. Um, mm, I'll just tell this story and move on quickly. Um, the first, uh, I've dealt with this a lot, but um, when I first came to Raleigh 27 years ago, we were in a building on Garner Road. Some have heard the story. Um, we had poltergeist in the old building, built in 1884. And I would preach, and while I'm preaching, the atmosphere became brash. Uh, it felt like my words hit the back wall and hit me in the head. Oh, it hurt. Um, and uh, it hurt like that. And it's like, man, and it's like everybody's looking at me like, what are you talking about? And I'm just talking and preaching. Certain subjects, if I preach on healing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, anything, you know, a little bit further, it, it, the atmosphere was weird in the church. I said, something going on here. Make a long story short, they were demonic forces actually who indwelt that building that was 110 years old. Nobody knew to run them out until I got there. And uh, I ran, it's a long story. I wish I could tell, I don't have time. I ran them out. We ran them out. And the atmosphere became nice and sweet. 
And I learned that even in church buildings, in your home, if you buy a new home that's been, in, that's been lived in by somebody else, take authority over the atmosphere. You stay in a hotel room, man, whatever you got to do, get in there and drive the devils out of it. Hey, some crazy stuff been going on in that room, perhaps. And you may feel weird. I've been in hotel rooms like, something been going on in here. This is weird. You know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you. And you got to say no to it and absolutely refuse it. And I just plead the blood of Jesus over it. And I just pray, God, let the angels, oh God, I can't see them. Let them run in the room here. And let's have heaven on earth right here. Every devil that's ever had anything to do with this, get out in Jesus' name. Do that to your property. Do that to your home. Um, Feelings of loneliness and detachment. Thoughts that you do not fit in anywhere. Judgmental, angry thoughts about others. Thoughts that question God's love, his faithfulness, the word. Selfish thoughts. Why didn't they include me? Why was I left out? Uh, Thoughts like you, they don't care about me. Those can be demonically induced. Not necessarily, but can be hopelessness. A hopeless person. Uh, nothing will ever get better. Uh, life can never get better than today. There's no, uh, the f- future is gloomy and grim. That's, that can be demonic. Lack of ability to focus. You ever sat down and read and can't read? That can be demonically. I got stories I don't have time to tell them. Maybe I need to come back and revisit this sometime. You think so? Um, uh, lack of desire to read the word, to pray, attend church. Yeah, enemy can get involved in that. Thoughts of isolation, thoughts of feelings of panic. I mentioned that earlier. Over-religiousness, I mentioned that earlier. Spiritual involvement to the neglect of personal needs, family, friends, work. I've seen people that go too far spiritually and you tell something's wrong here. If you're always here and you, hey, if you're here and you're neglecting your children, you're just wrong. If you're here and you're not loving your spouse, you're just wrong. I don't know what else to say. And it's a, it, it can, that, that, that can be uh, something that's uh, pushing you that direction. Duplicity, acting one way in public another, public, another way in private. And then lastly, suicidal thoughts. Uh, how to resist all this, let's get to it quickly here. First uh, Peter 5, 8. Uh, this is um, a Bible in basic English. Be serious, keep watch. The evil one who's against you goes about like a lion with open mouth in search of food. Don't give... Uh, don't give way to him, but be strong in your faith in the knowledge that your brothers who are in the world undergo the same troubles. New Living Translation, stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember your family of believers all over the world going through the same kinds of sufferings that you are. Uh, two things you need to know about uh, dealing with the devil. He has an uncanny ability to manipulate the flesh and the, and the exterior world, which can affect your interior world. So he generally is a started out he puts a thought in your mind and a feeling on your body. So here's the key. If you can learn to walk by faith, if you can learn not to be moved by what you feel and, and don't be moved by, by wrong thinking, change wrong thinking, let the word of God be what you act on, then you can overcome the feelings, the emotions, and, and the thoughts that drive them. Does that make sense? So if, if you'll learn to be a person of the word, See, that's the key. That's why meditation in the Word, you just can't beat it for being a free person in life and keeping out from under uh, Satan's jurisdiction when he comes to attack. In the 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I've got some other translations. Uh, We live by faith, not by what we see. We live by faith, not by what we feel. 
Um, 2 Corinthians 4.18, we don't look at the troubles we can see now. New Living Translation, rather we fix our gaze on things that can't be seen. Things which we see now will soon be gone. Things we cannot see will last forever, ever. Uh, Passion Translation, we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but what's unseen. Uh, what's seen is temporary. What's in the unseen realm is eternal um, um, contemporary English version. Uh, things that are seen don't last forever. Things that are not seen are eternal. That's why we keep our minds on things that cannot be seen. So now how do you deal with these things? Um, the first thing I do when a wrong thought, feeling, yada comes to me, I say, what, what is, where's this coming from? And then I think about influences that have been around me and I think, is this coming from me? Is this something I've heard? Is this something I've put my eyes and ears on? What is this? Or is this demonic? And if I smell devil on it, I say, whoa, 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 whoa. Devil, you take your hands off my mind. I refuse to think that any longer. That is a lie. And I'll say it out loud. That is a lie. That's a lie. That will not happen to me. That's not true about that person. And if it's about another, Lord, I pray for that person. I pray for that situation. What do I do? I act spiritually, and I don't allow that spiritual entity to bother me. How many hear me? The second thing you do is plead the blood of Jesus. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus. If you're in a room around people and stuff, and stuff starts happening, and you're sensing all this negative blah, blah, in the, you don't have to even say it out loud. I take authority over this in Jesus' name. I've been talking to people. And I could tell, mm-mm-mm, there is something stirring right here. Somebody's going to say something and some, some jaw is going to get slapped. I, I bind you, foul devil. I don't even say it out loud. I bind you, under my breath, I bind you, foul devil, in Jesus' name. Take your hands off these people. You know how much time, over the years, I was talking to somebody this week. I spent a lot of time as a pastor here for 27 years. Uh, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood when somebody tries to instigate some kind of upstir, stir up, mess up. Uh, you know, disunity, mess. Churches are known for splits. Is that true or false? I go somewhere and say, now, Father, let's talk about so-and-so together. Now, I just caught wind of something. I heard what they said. I saw a look. I take authority over the demon spirit trying to mess up this person in our congregation. I bind you in Jesus' name. Y'all, I've done that. I don't even, I can't even count how many times. And I never tell anybody. And it's almost like, you snap your fingers and it's done. Other people, because they're just rebellious as the devil, I'll sit down and chat with them. Say, what you doing? What you thinking? How you doing? What you doing today? What you thinking about? One of the greatest things you do, and I'll end with this, uh, I get up every morning and I worship the Lord and tell him how much I love him and I praise him. Everybody Okay how much I love him and praise him and I just worship him and just, I just sing songs. I'm I just real simple. I just sing, just worship and sing. I mean, I know a lot of songs after 40 something years with the Lord. I just know songs we never sing now. I sing some of those and some, some we sing now. Just sing a little while. I'm usually by myself. I'm upstairs. And, um, and then after I do, I say, Lord, can I, can I just remind you of me and you? And I just out loud say what God says about me in the scripture. And I just go through a whole, and I don't have time to do it right now, but maybe we can do it as we close. But I do it every day. You know what it does? It releases you. It releases your insides. It releases an aura of, of, of the kingdom of God around your life. What if you started your day every day in league with the kingdom of God? 
And then we see if you do that, when the enemy comes, he might try, but you've already set it up. I'm not giving in to this. I'm not giving in to that. I'm walking with God today. Me and God are favorites. We're, 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 we're fellows. We're brothers. We're, you're brother and sister. We're, we're together. And you can't mess with me. How many hear me? Words are powerful. And I like what uh, Raymond did Sunday, our guest speaker Sunday, because uh, he had you say words out loud. And the people praying with you said words out loud. You, you'll do good to talk to yourself. Not everybody that talks to themselves are Looney Tunes. It can be a real good thing to do. Converse with yourself. Talk to yourself. Speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Does that make sense? Plead the blood of Jesus. Let me say demon spirits hate the blood of Jesus. I shouldn't even tell you I do this. Sometimes I just test things out. If I'm talking to somebody, I think, hmm, I smell a rat. I shouldn't even tell you what I do. I'm still talking about Jesus and his blood and his sacrifice. And his that person's been in any way demonized. That devil will show up. They'll get fidgety. <laughs> and I've had them get rigid. And then I just say, loose them in Jesus' name. Devils hate the blood of Jesus. Did you hear me? They vehemently hate because it reminds them of the sacrifice Jesus made for me and you. And it reminds them of the great love that God has for humanity. And it reminds them of their absolute, utter defeat and one day being cast into the lake of fire. So use the name of Jesus. I say in the name of Jesus, I refuse this. By the blood of Jesus, I refuse this. Praise and worship is a tremendous weapon. Praise and worship gets the angelic hosts involved with you. Demon spirits hate praise and worship. They hate praying in the spirit. They hate praying in tongues. They hate prayers. They try, and they hate the word of God. So if you get involved in all that, you just run them all out of your life. So I said all that tonight, and I took longer than I meant to, but I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not sad that I did. I'm glad I did. And we're going. But I encourage you, get involved with God. If you don't, the devil's going to eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then make you starve the rest of the week. But if you'll do what I said, you'll have a feast every day.